Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Survivor Now podcast. And, and come on in, come on in. We are having our own little Survivor celebration with, with cheese and crackers and everything. And as always, I am joined by some incredible guests because you cannot have a party of one. So I am joined by the lovely Tegwith. Tegwith, how are we doing this evening? Oh, doing so well. Super stoked to talk about some of one of the best episodes of Survivor with you guys. So I'm stoked to talk about it. Ooh, we have so much to talk about. We are joined by uh, our second favorite survivor this evening, Abraham. Abraham, how are we doing? Look, it's all about Survivor, guy. It's all about Survivor. I mean, that's all we do, man. We just love Survivor, so we're here. We're going to talk about it. He's got, uh, he's got all the photos in the background, too. He's got a new little little look here. I'm, I'm losing you in the photos. You're like camouflage. I'm, I'm trying something different. I'm trying to show the people the some of the people that are out there in the reality world, uh, some of the players, some of the different shows through my photographs in the back. So that's my collage until I fix my other collage. <laughs> and we have one of Abraham's best friends. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard of him. I don't know how these two are going to coexist this episode. I, this is just whoever thought of this is crazy. But from season 42, we have Mike Turner. Mike, how are you doing this evening, my man? Uh I'm feeling good. I actually feel like I won my own little survival auction and we're having our own little surprise party right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, we're going to get I'm into in the survival auction. Oh my gosh. Well, I've been trying forever to get Mike on and he's also been one of the most requested. Mike, I, I posted something that said Mike's joining on the show and I had so many people reach out and they were like, we love him so much, and you were like such a fan favorite. So we do want to, right before we get into talking about all the craziness that happened this week, what have you been up to since we saw you out there in Fiji? Dude, I'm living the life. I was on Survivor. I'm 59 years old. It's like a second happening. You know, I'm, I'm going to a lot of places. I'm meeting a lot of people. I'm, listen, first and foremost, everybody needs to understand, I'm a Survivor fan. So as a, as a player now, I have a crazy opportunity to see a lot of the people that I cheered for, that I watched, that I idolized the Survivor players now as one of them. It's a crazy thing. 
it's humbling, but you know, man, I'm living my best life. Oh man. Well, thank you again for joining. I can't wait. Like once I found out you were watching survivor Australia, I'm like, Oh my gosh, we have to, we have to get you on. And there's no better week than right now. You said before we started the show, Episode seven, that's all we need. And and this was kind of the week of crazy tribals. I mean, you had episode seven, which was George's just masterclass. I've been saying all week, this man's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. And then you had episode eight, where you have Ben kind of come into his own and say, all right, I'm not going to be on the bottom. I'm going to take control of this game and become a big player. And then you had the episode, the most recent episode, episode nine, where the Spice Girls with Old Spice, Jerry, have come full circle and they have completely <laughs> taken control of this game. So we're going to get into all the best moments, but I know everyone's like, Randy, shut up. Let's get into episode seven. Let's get into this crazy tribal. So uh, let me start off by saying, I mean, I'm still flabbergasted at how George concocted this plan to turn the numbers around. Let's start with our, our special guest, Mike, because I know you've been looking forward to getting into this. I mean, you you know George. Like Abraham, you met him in Florida. I mean, this was insane to watch. Well, the crazy thing, when you go to Florida, we went to Florida a lot of people didn't know who he was. I soon they woke up to him. My, my wife is having a conversation. When I woke up, I go, that's King George right there. And he looks at me and goes, hey. I, and he seems like such a, a happy-go-lucky, innocent, you know, a guy that you would never suspect to have this mind. And um, he's, he's, he was, and we went up being a lot of fun. We had a lot of good times down there. Um, but the, the when I watched that tribal in episode seven, I and it ended. I literally sat on my couch, my jaw open, and I and I had a hard time processing because it was so amazing. But here's what. I, I think I should realize if they haven't is that that wasn't the plan going in. And when he realized Simon was going to win the fire challenge, he immediately went into a different mode and created a secondary plan on the spot, executed it, and then rolled with it during the tribal. That was as if, if you couldn't write a better paper that he did off the cuff. It was amazing to me. You, you, you can't teach what you did. You can't teach. Mike, Mike, if you go back and look at the fire making challenge, George didn't even attempt to make a stick. He didn't even try one time. Only one other player tried, and that was the Joker, to even attempt to go out there and even try to win. Everybody else was like, well, he's going to win. And to have that, that wherewithal in the game, to be in the middle of the game and say, you know what? New plan. And no one ever spoke Frazier's name. Yes. No, the I mean, he was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he, he was just yeah, the George, pawn. Yeah, George was, but George was the linchpin. He's the guy who started. But you know what you think about George when you watch the season? That was uh, obviously exceptional how he came through and, and just it all came to him naturally. But if you listen to the show, his little bits, his little pokes, his little sayings, they're all part of his big picture. And you think they're innocent. But they're not. He's putting little thoughts in people's heads. He's saying something funny. Even when he comes and he talks to Jonathan, hey, Jonathan, you're looking good today. It's all part of his game plan, his charm. He almost lulls people into a sense of security that you go, because listen, everybody going into the game was like, we got to get King George. King George got to go out. King George. And before you know it, everybody's working with him because he lulls you into a sense of, of security, of he's not a threat. 
and then he's like a friggin' snake in the grass, and he's and he's a sniper. It's a it really is a masterclass. I hope he's doing it intentionally. I only can see <laughs> that he because it's so unbelievable. I mean, Tegwith, you gotta add on. I I know you noticed this as probably like I did, but everyone's gonna be so big into the the actual move of you know playing his idol and i was more into or just as into the speech that he did to simon he's literally picking this man apart he's like i tried to tell you not to make this personal i tried to tell you to work with me and let's just move on i'm gonna give you one more chance and i'm basically throwing jordan's name out he said he's been you know tell me everything from the get-go I knew what you were going to be doing today before we even got to tribal. So it was just his wisdom of the game, his knowledge and the way he can articulate his words. And it, it's just all incredible. Yeah, absolutely. It was. And and there my notes, right? So one thing that he said, and he, this is a quote, don't make the same mistakes um, you did in the Outback. Um, I thought was just like a really good way to get into Simon's head to just like think about this so that Stevie then could see you know the thought process that Simon was going through and all of that stuff after you know the votes after um George had already played his idol and you know it's just the words that he's using right he I, I just thought it was so well done and this is I think also a great example of why timing is everything in Survivor because I feel like if this had been a couple tribals earlier um it it is a it, it would be the wrong time to do something like this because you're bur you he essentially in one fell swoop right he burned Jordy, he voted out Jordy and Fraser were willing to work with George right Simon at the time probably still isn't what didn't want to work with him so if this had been you know a couple tribals early, earlier I feel like you know it really could have hurt his game as good as it is but that's why timing is everything in Survivor and that's why George's knowledge of when he was doing it was perfect because. In in your brain, when you go that far in a game with such large tribe, large tribes like uh, Australian Survivor has, you know a tribe swap is coming up. You know one is coming up soon. So even if you're burning a bridge, and like George technically did, <laughs> yeah. all of the a swipe a uh, uh, a swap, all the bridges are burned. So all the bridges have to be kind of rebuilt anyway. And so the that's why the timing is so perfect because he knew a swap was coming. And um, I just thought it was, you know, as everyone has said, and will probably say as long as possible, masterclass and survivor, amazing television. I mean, I was describing this to my mom earlier when we went out to eat and like, she has not watched any second of the season. So I'm trying to describe like everyone's situation where they're at. And the easiest way to describe it is George went in with three against four and he managed to get Stevie on his side because of the whole kind of look he wouldn't play simon would not save you stevie he would not save you you can trust mm. me now so he got stevie on his side he voted fraser out of the game that's three on two right there and the two people he left together are at each other's throats now because they can't tr trust one another he single-handedly in in one tribal council broke up an entire alliance and just steamrolled right through them Unbelievable. Yeah, and that's exactly what he did. You're 100% right. It was like mo watching Muhammad Ali box an amateur boxer. He just picked it apart exactly what he said. And when he was speaking and talking to Simon, his words, like he beat him down verbally, where Simon didn't even know what to do. It's, <laughs> it was, I got to be honest with you, I was in, it, again, 
very rarely am I left speechless. I couldn't explain that and do justice for that whole tribal to anybody. Anybody tells me, I can't tell you about it. You have to watch it. I would not do it justice. That was the... I know, it's, 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 a, it's amazing to watch how you plan for the future. So you got Stevie in your pocket now because you got distrust. You know there's going to be a tribe swap coming up. You're going to need some extra votes. You got Jerry when he came over because of the hero saying that Jerry was suspended, is a, not suspendable, but expendable. And the one thing Simon, I would have said, made his biggest mistake was he kept poking with George. So George had enough ammunition to make it look like he was a bully. And he just destroyed him. That was the funny thing is that was the first episode ever that my girlfriend has seen of Survivor. I was like, I have to watch this. I'm hearing like a lot of this. So I was a day late from seeing it because we were hanging out. And I said, I, I have to watch this. And I'm literally jumping up and down, screaming like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my God. And she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, you do not understand just what happened right now. Um, but I mean, it was just, it was incredible. Like I said, it, it was a, a survivor player playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. Right. And was anybody else shocked after everything George said that Simon did not play his idol for for Stevie, even though all of us believe it's not an idol. I actually think that thing is just a clue to the idol that Shelly ended that, up finding. I think it's a clue so you can look for where the real idol is. Um, yeah, I, listen, I think he's thinking... You know, I'm by myself now. I need it for myself, but he doesn't. You know, it just shows. It shows how poor Simon's social game is. Yeah, he doesn't. He can't see past himself. As Georgie said, he was going, "I, I, 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 I." All I hear you saying is, "I." What about everybody? He said to trust you. Nobody could trust you, and I proved it. And he's right. You know what's even funnier? The next episode, right before the challenge, Simon tried to give George a couple of pokes to to the um to the heroes truck, <laughs> yeah. and and and. Georgie beat him down again. Told him about his idol. Even in the, the craziest, he doesn't have an idol, and now everybody thinks he has an idol, which is probably worse than actually having the idol. Oh, I think he's going to end up playing it. That's what I think is going to end up happening. Oh, is he's going to end up playing it? And Tagwith, you got something to add here? Yeah. Well, here's the thing about that whole that whole thing with like the the Simon George, like whether whether or not Simon should have played that that for Stevie. If you like when George was saying all of the things that he was saying, it wasn't it was kind of like saying like, you know, when your little kid is like, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you. Right. He's not you're not technically touching your face. Um, and it was going around like I didn't feel I mean, probably a lot of people here didn't feel like the majority of the votes were on Stevie. And so I just feel like Simon, I wish he would have been able to be like, you know what, Stevie, I don't think it's on you. He's saying all of this stuff. But he's not saying whatever. So I'm not playing this because all George wants to do is to cause distrust and all of this stuff. I think I, I really do think the way George was because I think George wants to say, you know what? I wasn't lying. Like, you know what? I wasn't. There still is one traitor here. There still is all of this stuff. You know what I mean? So I really feel like I, I wish Simon would have been able to, you know, do, do that like 180, like use his force against George because. I do think the verbiage was so that George could say, I technically said all of the things that, yeah. you know, all of the things I said were technically true. Um, uh, so 
I don't know. I just really wish I did. I thought that would have been really, really interesting um, to see because I don't know. I just feel like there, there could have been a way that Simon could have spun that against George. And I feel like why, why Simon couldn't focus on kind of spinning that. And to your point, as well, Mike, how he kept poking the bear. Abe, we talked about this a few episodes back, or I tag with you were there as well. We we talked about how Simon just has this tunnel vision on George. Yeah. He yeah. he could not care less about anything else in the game except for two things: making sure he doesn't go home with an idol in his pocket. And it's gonna suck when he plays that and finds out it's not an idol and then goes yeah. home. I'm already feeling for the man. I really hope it doesn't happen. Um, for for his mental sake, because it will just be heartbreaking. Oh. And and then two, George, he just can't let it go. He just has to get out. George Abraham, it's just Look, we were talking about it. Tunnel vision got to him. So what know? happens is the the unseen part of this is tribal at the at the tribe where nobody sees from the edits because you're sitting there with each other for twenty four seven. You only get bits and pieces of how he's treating the tribe mates telling them what to do, trying to be the, the person that's running things. And that plays into decision-making because do you want to hear that? You, you you hungry, you tired, you're playing this game, you're constantly thinking. You don't want somebody to be like, hey, you need to go get firewood or something. And he's not only has he got a vendetta against George, but he's also tunnel vision. So right now, it's a lot of things working against him. So it's going to be kind of pretty interesting to see how he tries to navigate after the tribe swap. Well, what... Oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say when you got Yoda George doing the Jedi mind trick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yoda George, I love it. He, he does exactly. Yoda George did the Jedi mind trick on Simon. Simon's like he just listen. Hey, right, he never said Stevie. He implied it, and which is a great magic trick. Mm -hmm. He he played with his head. He got everybody to think what he wanted them to think without even saying it. That's the, think about what he did. It's amazing. Now go back a couple of tribals where. George was the one that voted for Stevie. He's the one that threw that one vote out there for Stevie. Yeah, uh, Stevie forgot about it. Now it's uh, he was yeah, well, full of tears the next day. Stevie, I think Stevie brought up during that tribal prior to that. After that, he was hugging George. Ah, yeah, mm -hmm. look, look, yeah. And, it, and all you need is what will it take to get to the next stage of the game? So they have the tribe swap. So the next thing for them gonna be the merge. How do I get to the merge? Well, what is what is Simon's best? kind of viewpoint moving forward because it was a rough couple episodes not only did he get kind of owned here but then he during the tribe swap he got with all the alpha males which he wanted and then we see all them kind of saying like simon wants to work with us it's obvious he wants to work with us but we kind of want to get him out there was a line that did not look good for simon where george was like are you going for a swim simon and he goes what does it look like and it was just it was just a rough couple episodes for Simon. You could tell his attitude's kind of getting down because he's just so mad he can't get this guy out. Um, so, Tegworth, I'll go to you here. Uh, what's his outlook? What's his best way to possibly, like Abe says, make the merge? Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, with the vote out, um, the most recent vote out, um, I, I think maybe because i'm correct me if i'm wrong in the last episode sean said something like it's i can i can tell that he wants to join with us but we want to stay heroes strong right i feel like seeing a hero go out when the heroes had majority could maybe change that a little bit i i, I could be wrong that might work inside even though it's a different tribe it might work in simon's benefit um I honestly don't know. I think he just has to kind of, you know, play his game, 
if people are convinced he has an idol, maybe they will try to figure out a way to burn the idol rather than voting him out. Um, I really think his only, his best bet is to really just make it to the merge so that he can try to win those individual immunities um, and then really try to make it further. But I honestly don't know what his best way to get to the merge is. I don't have a, a good, my thoughts wouldn't be strung together well on that. Well, I think they're starting to blur the, blur, blur the lines. We don't know where hero and villain starting to end at now. That's true. <laughs> it's it's yeah. starting to change. I, I think Simon's biggest problem, he's very short-sighted. He only sees what's right in front of him. He doesn't have the ability to see forward. The other thing I think is Simon, for whatever reason, doesn't understand if he just watches George. George is not a physical threat. As a matter of fact, he's one of the Spice Girls. And, and Simon continually thinks the strength wins the game. It helps no. you get through things, but the strength never wins you the game. The social aspect is what wins you the game. And si I mean, George keeps proving that. And Simon continually, oh, now I'm with the strongest guys. Now we're going to be strong. We're never going to lose. He's so short-sighted. He's not figuring out. That's not going to win you the game. And if he's better off going with the people that are less physically able to compete, he has a better shot. Because, again, that guy alliance – He's oh, not, not a hero, and he's on the outside. So at his best scenario, he's fourth in that in that alliance. He, he's too short-sighted. Start going with the people that may be on the bottom, picking them up, and maybe you can build some little core alliance. And then when maybe George needs you, Yoda pulls you back. <laughs> then beg, beg to please yeah. let me play with yeah. you. But George, Yoda, daddy, please. <laughs> on, the, on the flip side of things, uh, what a – What's the game outlook now for Jordy? Because Jordy was really screwed here as well when George is like, yo, he's been selling you out, bro. And Jordy's like, yo, what did I do to you? So what's the outlook for Jordy? I mean, he's got some more options. Uh, maybe he can – I highly doubt he goes back to George. I was going to say maybe he can get in with, with Shoney and Liz and kind of be that kind of secretive three. He's now reconvened up with Nina on the new Villains Tribe. And it seems like the alpha males kind of like him a little bit more than they like Simon. So maybe there's yeah. something there. But it, Jordy, I still think it's a, a huge hey, look, wild card in this game. Two, but, two words. What Jordy has that Simon doesn't have? Personality. Yeah. <laughs> Social <laughs> game, yeah. Hey, look. He's funny. He's easygoing. He's like, when he comes up to you, you feel like you're talking to your best friend. You can't buy that. Jordy has that. The, now, the thing with the baby and him seeing his girl, and, and he, that one. makes him very human. So now people are looking at him in a way. He's not looked at as just the joker now. He's looking at as a father. He was so excited. He let everybody in on his beautiful moment. He made everybody a part. So that makes him likable. So I think I like Jordy. I think he has a chance of going further because he has personality. And he understands it's a social game besides being a physical game. I say right now the best thing for him is to lay low. Because right now they have the ability to win the challenges if they're physical. So if they're physical, they're going to win the challenges. So just lay low, try to bridge the gap with the young ladies, get with them, because the group of guys are going to get voted out. They're going to start picking them off one by one, and you want to be on the other side of that. So, And if you remember now, the Villains tribe was getting decimated by the heroes. So they don't really have a, it's not a lot of villains. It's, it's going to be more heroes than villains. So I want to be interested to see who's going to be the first hero to turn into the villain. 
Well, oh, I, that, I, well, that was already Jerry. Jerry is already full villain. Jerry wasn't a villain. Jerry was just 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 mad because of how they treated Jerry. And I he's can not understand. A villain. He's got the dreadlocks going now. He is like completely like a new <laughs> character. Going, ready to go. Um, but you know what I noticed the biggest difference in the new era of Survivor as compared to Australia is in Australia they say tribe loyal. In in American Survivor, from my experience and from watching the last three two seasons besides my own, is that you're willing to jump ship with a better with a better alliance as opposed to staying tribe strong. It seems like with Australian Survivor, it's still like old school and they stay tribe strong. So I think um, heroes are going to stay together. Number one, they have a good thing going. Number one, I'm not sure they like the villains that much. And, and really, I don't think they like them. Maybe a couple. Maybe they like Geordie. But overall, they're not fans. They don't want, And I just feel that they're going to stay strong. I well, I just want to say I want to add in. I think the first hero to turn into a villain, and by villain I mean a great agent of chaos, is has already happened, and I think it's Ben. Um, because oh, yeah. oh, I think one thing I think that having episode seven and eight next to each other is um, was that I think they were two really good tribal councils where somebody flipped the script to get what they wanted, like get what they wanted to see, uh, and I think. It, obviously George did a great job, but Ben is a new player. And <laughs> I think he did such a good job. I felt so bad for Sharni. I'm I mean, you know, I, I felt for her because she was kind of the sacrificial lamb in this. It's, oh, she got the uh, Randy's winner's curse. I just had to throw that out there. My winner pick out already. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. <laughs> you're right. Um, but I do think that, you know, he had to do what he had to do to save himself. And I thought it was awesome he played an idol he didn't just hold on to it i feel like a lot of people who with idols will are, are scared to play them because they were like ah is this the right time to do it i don't know and he was like you know what i'm playing it i'm getting rid of it people know about it anyway uh and he got people he got the girls to vote where he wanted them to go and he he saw that he got to stay in and everything went the way he wanted it to go uh and i just thought it was a great uh great tribal council and coming after george obviously it's shadowed slightly but i think great job from a new player um and so I kind of think that he's maybe the first hero mm -hmm. to turn villain. I was actually I was actually very shocked and surprised that the girls, Nina, Flick, um, Haley, they were almost in a trance. And it, it kind of frustrated me because all he did was went over there and said, I'm playing my idol, vote Sh Sharni. And all of them were like, Yes, okay. Like they just folded. They were like like in a trance almost. They were just like Okay, they all flipped like that. They didn't question it. They didn't think of anything else. They just, yes, okay, whatever you say. You don't and want it to be just, you. <laughs> that's that's true. But it, it wasn't going to be them. They could have easily went for Jerry. The original mm -hmm. plan was to split between Ben and Jerry. You know Ben has the idol. That Then just go with Jerry as much as yeah. I love Jerry. But it, was, it just shocked me at how fast. And obviously the edit's going to bring it down right. to 10 minutes. So we don't know if it was kind of over a couple of hours, but it was just shocking at how fast those three girls just went with Ben and didn't even question it. I actually thought Ted would had a great point. It, if the, the, the tribal at on episode eight was any other time, any other time, except following episode seven, it would have been a great tribal. It, he would, they would have been talking about him like one of the great tribal moments because she's right. 
he spoke amazingly and changed people's minds. But because it followed episode seven, <laughs> it, it dimmed the light a little bit. We have that was an amazing tribal for him. He did amazingly yeah. well. How he spoke and how he, he flipped the script because it came out of nowhere. Well, but yeah. that did that did ignite. I'm sorry, Terry. That did ignite Jerry not to side with them on the very next vote because that's the reason why he came back to the Heroes Tribe because he didn't want to leave her because she was loyal to each other. And they was like, hey, mm -hmm. I never vote each other out. He comes back. And what's the first thing you do? Either say we're going to vote Jerry out or we're going to vote Ben out and end up voting out his ally, which now, who does that help? King George. Yeah. Well, vote for Jerry once. Shame on you. Vote for Jerry twice. I guess shame on you again. But vote for Jerry three times. And uh, that's shame on you again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you just don't don't have somebody go on that. You can't have the same person be the sacrificial lamb that many times in a row without actually getting them out. It's going to make them mad. We kind of do that to Romeo. <laughs> in a way, in a way, yeah. Hey, I did that to Romeo for real. Hey, oh, Romeo man. Was like... By the way, was anybody surprised that Jerry went back to the heroes? Oh, yes. That's a great yeah, point to bring up. Shocked. I was no, I so wait. You said you weren't Mike, or you were? No, I was very shocked. I got to say, shocked me more as he did do that, and then went back and was very blunt to them how he felt about it and how he didn't like. I was like, "What's he doing, man?" He's, <laughs> he's sitting. He's sitting in his chair and he's going. Uh, I mean, don't mess with me. If you bite me, I'll bite back. Yeah, and I'm like Jerry. You're not making any more friends here. And he has yes. like Sharni sitting right next to him as his like. It's like queen. Yeah, it's like, like, <laughs> like looking, not, not saying a word. It, it, and that's every, the thing about it is Jerry came back swinging. And Jerry was like, and here's the thing. It was a great move for Jerry because Jerry said, hey, look, I'm a loyal player. And we in the game of Survivor, you have players that really are loyal. They play the game like that. And that's how, no matter if he was going to get voted out the next time or not, he was going to do the right thing in that situation. Okay, but Abraham, that doesn't make him a smart player. That makes him a loyal player. Hey, look. I don't <laughs> Mike, but you came back? Stayed with the villains, man. <laughs> Only put him in a very precarious position, especially if you're going to say that to the all the all the heroes that they're looking at you saying like, dude, you're telling us you're not going to stick with us at the merge. We got to get rid of you. Mike, if I see you in a heroes versus villain and you're on the other side, I'm going to be like, gonna... I know what Mike about to do. I'm gonna... I want to <laughs> <I wanna, laughs> circle back a little bit to Ben because – after that very strong tribal, I still feel like Ben's position in the game is kind of up in the air because we did see him, I thought, after the tribe swap happened. Um, and let me just real quick read these tribes out to you guys just so everyone listening can remember who's on who. So the new villains tribe is Nina, Sam, Liz, David, Sean, Simon, Haley, and Jordy. An extremely strong challenge tribe. If you talk about the physical strength they have, they have Haley, who is like the endurance queen. And Haley is also really good at puzzles. Nina has proven that she can be all right at puzzles. Although Nina's uh, sit out of challenge counter is now to five. Her mother said out. She's driving her mom. Right. Yeah. She's right there because Sandra set out one season, six challenges, and she is at five right now. Um, and then the heroes tribe is Ben, Jerry, George, Shawnee, uh, Matt, Stevie, Paige, and Flick. So a, a great cohesive tribe maybe, but it's just not as strong. But what I'm all I'm getting to here is I thought 
that Ben would be in a great position. I thought instantly he needs to pair up with George. He needs to get in with George and Shoney. And I think that would be a very strong uh, trio who could really run this game until they get back with Liz and obviously, but he surprised me. He decided to stick with the heroes who it, it seems so far this season that he has not been vibing with that group. He's been at the bottom. He even told Jerry in, in this episode, this latest episode, look, we know you and I are on the bottom, but we have to go with the heroes here to get George out. That shocked me that he didn't want to flip ship and go with, go with George. Anyone else shocked about that? Wait a minute. When you make fake idols that early in the episodes, <laughs> you kind of, you kind of digging your own grave and he wants to be the star player. He, he, he's already made, he said in there, I've made a move for my resume already. So you want to continue making moves and you want to be the one that says you call the shots. He should have did lay low. Yeah, I agree. It's, it, it's too early to make those kind of moves. You put yourself, listen, you never want to be the star this early on in the game, unless you're King George, of course, <laughs> uh, because yeah. you, you're putting your head out there. Listen, people are looking to chop people's heads off. And if you stick it out trying to be the leader, we are getting you're getting it taken off. <laughs> one Nobody thing I will to... say, one thing I will say is as somebody who's never played the game before, like as a new player, as Ben is, I feel like part of if I were in his shoes, I mean, how many new players have been voted out? Every single person has been a new player, right? So coming from that, I think I'm just, I think what I would do in that situation is like, I don't want to be the next one because at some point it, there's going to be only one or two new players left. Uh, and it just seems like they're just going down the line, getting rid of these new players and keeping the returnees. And so I kind of, now, was it the best move for him in the moment? Maybe not, but I do kind of see trying to get rid of George, trying to get rid of those people who have the big personalities who can maybe, you know, make it further. And I, I do kind of see that just because not one returnee has gone home, has been voted out. Mm. Um, yeah. Just Jackie and, who left because yeah. of injury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk about something that we're all going to love to talk about. One of the staples of survivor and that is the survivor auction, which is back tag with, I got to go straight for you because I know I watching your TikToks. by the way, if you don't subscribe to tag with on TikTok, <laughs> make sure to do it. She makes some incredible videos. Uh, I'll put the link in the comments. So go check that out. Um, but definitely I, I know you're like me and I'm sure Abraham and Mike can agree. We all want the auction back. Like it's a staple of survivor. It needs oh. to be here. And the biggest argument is, it's too predictable now. And I think they did a great effort here. There were some amazing moments, uh, including uh, George getting the surprise party, which we'll get into that reward next. Um, you had Jordy and Maddie talking about who gets the video call, which I don't cry often. And I had tears coming out of my eyes. It was just both men were like, no, you take it, you take it. And I was really rooting for Jonathan just to let them both have Me too. it. I was, I was like, I opened to it. They would talk to Jonathan. They both get a, like a, half the time that they normally would get just to just to split it. I'm like, let them both put five hundred dollars up, right? Mm -hmm. If you both put five hundred, you both can have it. And I think they would have done it. I was kind of mad he didn't. I don't know the behind the scenes. Maybe they only did get one call. I don't know, but it was kind of sad not to see that happen. Right. Um, but then you had some like Ben. This is a scroll, and everyone's thinking advantage, advantage, advantage. 
and then spends $400 on the most expensive onion ever in the history of <laughs> but that's, that's the, the, the auction. But that's what I'm saying. People keep saying, how are we going to fix the auction? Because people just save their money for advantages. This is how you fix the auction. You put out scrolls and stuff that you end up just saying, oh, you paid $500 for not an advantage, but actually a disadvantage. And then that's going to make people start thinking about whether they want to spend it or not. So I'll go to tag with first because I know that was a long story there. I just kind of want to give a glimpse of what happened. But how happy and overjoyed were you to see the, the Survivor auction back? Survivor auction is one of my favorite things. I mean, I'm not alone, obviously. Uh, I talk about it probably once a week on my TikTok. It's like literally the the thing that I want the most in Survivor is to bring the auction back. Mm. And my thing is it's not that hard to fix. It's not rocket, rocket science. I've seen, you know, put put advantages in things and do like, there are so many ways to fix it. And the prime example, if you uh, the US Survivor wants to fix fix the uh, the auction, literally just watch the Australian survivor because <laughs> they have done it perfectly. Well, almost perfectly every single time they've done it. Um, I think that it was so great. I loved that there was still, you know, an idol, but it wasn't like, this is an advantage. It was like, this is a fun way, you know, you get to go to that thing. Um, the food is always so much fun. I just, it just brings me so much joy. I love the tribe dynamic too, not having it be individual, but having it be like, you know, you're, you're actually, spending our money not just your money which i think is a very interesting dynamic um which i don't know if you guys watched the mole but it kind of reminded me of how the mole did that one uh one challenge that's another that's another podcast but <laughs> um but i just thought it was so amazing and i could not stop smiling the entire time 10 out of 10 amazing it was just incredible and 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 mike i mean george King George putting out the rules and the decree of how we're going to do this. And he's like, uh, sorry, I'm not, I'm not King George. So he no. does much better voice. But what I'm saying, <laughs> Mike is he put it out there. No one spends more than $320. Oh yeah. Yeah. That sounds like, and we actually saw Ben, Ben said, you know what? 400 for that onion. And then once yep. he did that, it was all rules off. Everyone. Was, I mean, this was a nice twist here. Hey, but did you notice that usually you get crucified for who you take on the on the victory with you? Nobody said anything about him. They was <laughs> like, he took the Spice Girls, he was out of there. Yeah, yeah but they did talk about it. They're like, that was a mistake. That was, what's going to happen over there? Listen, um, King George, again, if you notice, though, that's not the only time. Every time something's going down and it it's involves a tribe, he literally comes up with a strategy really quick. Now, I'm not saying his strategy is always good. There's some... But when it comes to, like, he did the math quick in his head. He said, this is how much we should spend each. Let them, let's bid a little bit, get them up to waste their money. And then we usually know that advantage come at the end. Let's wait for that. It, it seems like he's already predicting that kind of stuff. And the funniest thing about George is he, he walks upon it and his eyeballs are about that big. And he's got the big smile on all the time. And he looks like, he looks so innocent. And meanwhile, again, it's always going. It's always going. It's always going. He's literally playing the game for every second he's out there. Mike, when we was in Orlando, and I was his roommate, so I was like, this guy's the nicest guy ever. We was yeah. hanging out and everything. I was like, I wonder how. Why you didn't last longer. You believe that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's shot, all now. That's how we doing it, Mike? That's oh, how we going to do it tonight? What about that? <laughs> oh, you know, boy. I love you, brother. <laughs> 
don't make me call don't make me call Marianne. You can't you, you gotta separate you gotta separate these two. Hey, in your guys' opinion, I always love to ask this question when there's an auction. What was the best food prize? Who got the best food? Now you're gonna have people who are like, oh, the chocolate. Trust me, you don't no. want that giant bar of chocolate. I well, thought I'll I'll just put it out there. There were some great food options here, the burger and the beer and stuff. I'm going to say the margarita with the tacos that flit got. Nah, I nah, think that nah, was nah, the best. Nah. Nah, I, don't care about, I don't care about the liquor. To me, the pasta with the meatballs, because you got your protein, you got your carbs, yeah. you got you just see the size of the bowl. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a giant, and you're right. giving it to the strongest player of the game. Exactly, but he got a combination of carbs, so you got your fuel, you got your protein to give you back some muscle, make you feel good, and you got a lot of it. You got a lot of it. So I think that- And there is, was bread, too. Yeah, oh, there man. was. There hey. was bread, yeah. There was garlic, like bread. garlic bread. Yeah, garlic, there was garlic bread. bread. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Mike, this, this is something funny, Mike. For 42 yeah. and 41, they act like they couldn't go get no food in Fiji. Every time it was a reward, I was like, where did y'all get this food from? Because we had food. You could have brought us a burger from Ponderosa or something. Yeah, I Every got time there was a food challenge. Yeah, you know what the weird things people... Here's the biggest question I get from people, because I'm a Jersey guy. And when we have the pizza, they're like, how good was the pizza? I go, survival-wise, it was the best pizza I ever had. <laughs> Fiji pizza sucks, man. But, so it just goes... It's all about the location. It's all about the situation. It was the best pizza I ever had. However, in real life, I would have passed that up every time. <laughs> oh, super, hey. uh, super oh, fun oh, to see. Oh, Abraham, you got Hello. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Hey, hey Mike, I'm coming yeah. up there for the season finale. I'm coming to see you, guy. We got to get some pizza. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to get you the best pizza you ever had. I'm going to teach you how to eat it right because most people don't even eat it right. I'm going to teach you it all. These guys hey. over here talking about pizza <laughs> over here, trying to make us hungry. I'll Randy. just put it out there. I had Randy. a Oh, yeah, go ahead. Listen, Randy, I got to be We take our pizza serious in Jersey, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I, I don't know if you guys, it's it's you versus Chicago. I, I may not say which side that man, I. That dish that has nothing on our pizza in Jersey. <laughs> We got uh, the best. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose here. We got two people who are literally in like New York. And Absolutely, like, yeah, this is an argument. I'm not gonna. Get. Don't realize you don't have the contaminated water like we had. That we make <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> oh my god, this is why I this is why I continue to love doing this podcast because it's just it. I get cool. laughs every week. This is incredible. Um. I've lost my train of thought. I was going to say, we all love seeing the auction back. Oh, okay. um, but I do get a lot of questions from people who don't know the behind the scenes of Australia. And they're like, why does Australia give so many rewards and stuff when, you know, U.S. is more hardcore? What I've been told by a former winner, I will leave them unnamed, is the the laws are different out in Australia. They actually do have to provide like food. And they can't, that's mm. what I've been told is they can't starve their people. So that's why it is like so many rewards and these big meals and stuff is I guess there's actually laws out there that prohibit them from just giving them like rice and nothing else. U.S. So ain't got to, that. What'd you say? U.S. don't have that. Yeah, they do not. No, U.S. does not care. But let's get to the after auction and let's talk about this. This core Spice Girls Alliance, because we saw George take uh, Shoney. I keep saying her name wrong. Is it Shoney, right? 
or is it Shawnee? Sony. No, no. It's Shawnee. I think it's Shawnee. Shawnee. You said Shawnee, Mike? I think it's uh, Shawnee. I think it's Shawnee. Shawnee. I keep saying Shawnee, but Shawnee. Okay, so George what, is taking Shawnee and Liz um, to this surprise party. And they start digging in, and <clears throat> Shawnee is talking about how, you know, this reminds her of home. I, I just keep thinking back of when Shawnee and Liz were, like, criticizing the cupcakes that they were getting. And they're like, oh, is this? Yeah, and I'm like, the, they love the cheese platter. Let me just say that. But they instantly start talking about there's got to be an advantage here. And surprisingly, King George was like, no, nah, no, nah, let's eat first. But then Shawnee finds it. This is her second idol in the game. And we we love to talk about George. George is providing us entertainment. George is dominating this game. I think that Shawnee, in the grand scheme of things, might still be the best player in the game at the current moment because she is using George as a shield perfectly. She has Liz as her right-hand gal, who I think those two would take both of each other to the end. Um and I think she's in a wonderful position and just finding the second idol. I'm like, she is just dominating this game. So I do want to ask about the Spice Girls Alliance and, and their outlook. Obviously, Liz is going to have to put in some work to survive her new villain tribe. And I hope she does, because I really want to see those two link back up and see how much damage they can do uh, post-merge. Um, so I'll let anyone take the floor here who wants to. What I'll, are we thinking about the Spice Girls Alliance? I'll say, I love. First of all, I love the Spice Girls Alliance. However, I think you know for the, and if I'm thinking about it now, I think George let his guard down a little bit. He I did. Th- yeah. I think when he won, when he realized he won like fifty thousand dollars, he got so ecstatic about it. It's gonna change my family life. He's sitting down eating, and I think he got caught up in the moment because how do you let? somebody that you brought brought to a reward kind of just put your hand in there and nonchalantly pull out the idol. I mean, normally <laughs> George would have been manipulating them into thinking if any idol is there, it belongs to him because he won the challenge. He bought it. Technically he owns it and he should have it. He didn't do any of that. He didn't even get upset when she found it. So it says two things, right? Either he believes in her so much that she's going to share it. Or they've already have a path that no matter who finds an idol there, they were going to share it. And that could be it. I mean, the mastermind behind how George plays and how they're playing, I think when they found it, it was just an understanding. And here's the thing about it is we get to see that the understanding actually worked. So there had to be a pact because she did play for George. Yeah, but so, it's never true. Never, ever, ever true in the game. If you find an idol, no matter how much you say, to everybody, oh, it's our idol. Don't you worry. None of us really mean that deep down inside. Hold on, Mike, oh, did, and I know did, that because I did it. <laughs> he shared I was like, Mike shared the information of his idol. Yeah, um, anybody else's, no matter what. Oh, you know what? But one thing about that particular reward, I wish that U.S. Survivor would bring back the winning of something inside the game. You know, where George wins, Australia does it all the time, where you can win yeah. something inside the game. Uh, last season with vehicles, uh, was a car, because it just adds to the whole experience of being on Survivor. And we we, we know CBS might have a couple of extra dollars, so we can win something. They they used to do it, but the I old think, school used to do it. I, I think it's a fun thing. I also think it, it adds to the lore of it being a jinx and stuff like that, and people love talking yeah. about it. It, just adds, it adds an extra layer to 
just even the audience, what they think, and and if it does get into a player's head because of the 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 car jinx that was always associated with the American version. Is this a bad thing though? I mean, a lot of times, maybe not for King George, but it's a great thing that he won sixty thousand dollars. But at the same time, that can kind of have you let your guard down a little bit because you're like. Oh, I've already won great money. Like I said, maybe not for George, but it's the same thing that happened last season with Khan. Is he won? I can't remember exactly how much he won, but it was something like fifty thousand dollars or something like that. And he goes out very next episode, or I think it was that episode. I think he got voted out. So, um, Tegwith, is this is this something that could kind of, I don't know, take George's mind out of the game? Is he strong enough to still stay focused? And then is it? Should should we be paying more attention to Shawnee's game than King George? So I think that I think the difference between these two kind of wins of the money is one was pretty public. One was a one was a cons was a group challenge uh, and he won it uh, against everybody. I mean, like individual, but like he won it against everybody else in front of everyone. And I think anything that puts a target on your back in any way, shape or form, whether that be a win or a family visit, whatever it is, I think is a, uh, not a great thing. Like I, I, I equated to almost like how Noel, uh, won that amazing challenge and then went out that same episode, um, mm-hmm. this past season of, uh, American survivor, um, because any kind of target is not a good, t- uh, not a good thing. Um, but the thing is, George, saw this with just two other people there now that information might spread but the the theatrics of it wasn't in front of everybody so i think it's a kind of a different thing uh i i think that personally that this has less to do with mindset and more to do with just the publicness of it and then secondly i think shawnee while we might be overlooking not overlooking but not talking about her game, game as much um i think that's a great position because pre-merge as much as it's obviously a very important to your game and the game of Survivor, I think pre-merge, she's in it for the long haul, as everyone is, but she's in it for the long haul. She's not drawing as big of a target on her back as George has. She is not the one that's pitting people against each other. She's not the one that's doing all of this stuff. He is such, and she said it in the first episode, he is such a good shield for her. And so I think that is strategy, uh, her strategy in itself, right? Keeping her, her profile low, still making great moves, still saving people with idols, still having an idol in her pocket, but not being as flashy as she needs to until until later in the game, I think. And then she she has another idol that nobody yeah. knows about, which it should be the curse of telling. Keep the secret of the idol. So we got two players right now. Nobody knows they have an idol. We have one player that everybody knows they had an idol. And you get to see where Ben played the idol you saw her play an idol. So now you assume that there's no more idols out there or the idols are back in play. So oh, it's going to be pretty interesting. One thing Australia proves, they put them back in play. Uh, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be back in play, yeah, tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> Mike, how long did it, Mike, how long did it take you to find your idol? Um, you know, the funny thing is um, I, I never blatantly looked for an idol. But every time I went to do something, I looked. And I just looked at spots where it could be. I knew that, as you know, when you're out there, it's much different when you're out there than than on TV. You don't get to leave, especially when it's a small tribe of six, to leave and walk away for 20 minutes and nobody wonders where you are. They automatically think you're doing something. You can't put that target on yourself that early. So you'll go look for wood with two people and you they'll go look one area. You go look, And as you're looking in that one area, you're looking around. You're, you're turning. You're... 
you're picking up on wood while you're turning over a rock. So I didn't necessarily look for an idol. I came upon an idol because I was looking as I was doing stuff. And I just happened to notice something that was a little weird. And I said, hmm, that shouldn't be there. And when I turned it over, that's where it was. Look, the edit that they had you on that one, you had walked by that tree like 100,000 times. <laughs> yeah. I think they drew and a I circle around did. it. I probably did. And I and I bet you this, a lot of other people did too. But they just didn't notice it because, I, I, as you know, for the most part, they don't put idols out with a with a with a sign that says "Here I am." So, no. well, they did with the coconut husk this season. I, they had the giant yeah. sign on it. But I gotta say this: with with some of the things that struck me, I was way different than watching it on TV. Was it's so vast? There are so many places. There's it's when you see people find idols without clues and they're looking for an idol, it's really unbelievable because it is so vast. There are so many places that they can hide an idol. You almost can't fathom how somebody could just find it without a clue unless you come up upon something strange. Because I think it was to our campsite, there was four paths. One path went to the well, one path went to the mailbox, one path went to the beach, and it was spider webs, and um, it was those little holes that the birds dug into the ground that you could fall into. Yeah. So it wasn't like the easiest thing to look around for something. And I don't think for us that they put the idols out in the first part. I think they put them out after our boat out. Then they put it the idols out. Because the way that when Xander found his idol out, his idol, we'd all been past that tree plenty of times. See, I think they had to put the idols out at the same time. I think I happened to find mine first. I don't think because of they were to beware um, advantages and people mm -hmm. had to say phrases, they didn't want to make it a disadvantage for me if I find mine on the first day and somebody from Ica finds it on the, on the sixth day or seventh day. I'm at a disadvantage. So I think they put them out the same day and let you find them as to when you found them. So I think, in my opinion, they were probably out all at the same time. Some people just found them sooner than others. Yeah, um, we, oh, go ahead, Abraham. No, we, we just, we were just, I'm sorry. We just reminiscing. We just started. <laughs> I was like, we do want to talk about the, I know, I totally how, got, and Tagworth and I, as, Tag I and fans are just sitting here like, <laughs> like, yeah, because we love hearing it. That, that's why we love Survivor. We were letting you guys go at it. We're uh, like, this is like so, behind the scenes information that it's like <laughs> you don't get to see, you don't get to hear it. So we were very invested into it. Here's a funny story. Xander almost broke my hand. <laughs> so Xander clams up the one tree that had one breadfruit on it. Now, I've never eaten breadfruit in my entire life. Don't know anything about breadfruit. I say, just cut it down and I will grab it. I realized how heavy breadfruit is. Oh no! <laughs> that joker so, hit my hand. Yeah, I, I was like, "Food on our island." I never. I still don't know what breadfruit is. We never. We had nothing. Nothing. Yeah, for I future heard, survivor I mean, players. Yeah, for future survivor players, they have plenty of different islands in Fiji, and you won't know what's on the island of other folks until they tell you. Like, for instance, for us, Jeannie, Brad, and them—they had spices, peppers. Um, they had stuff that you they could with the fish we didn't have we had coconut and dirt we had you we had you cannot get abraham talking on what they had to eat this man will be here all night talking about we had a crab leg we had one crab leg we didn't <laughs> what he had to not, unlike jonathan that was out there like king fishing man um fishing gear does not work if you can't fish they haven't got fishing gear this season but we do got to talk about the three people who went home this week i know we got oh, overshadowed by the tribe yeah, Abra abraham's bad, like oh yeah we're doing a podcast <laughs> i forgot about that my bad, Mike. <laughs> oh man no I'm, I'm not blaming mike i'm blaming you abraham yes. I'm coming <laughs> <on>. <laughs> 
And, and, and on serious note, listen, I got to tell you, a lot of people don't know, but Abraham seriously is one of the best guys, man. He's an awesome dude. <laughs> He's friendly. He loves everybody. You know, I didn't know what to expect when I met him, but he's so warm and so welcoming. He really is a great dude. A really good dude. I actually like Abraham a lot. I'm sorry. that I know you're sorry to hear that, but I do like you, Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> he's the type of guy he would give you his shirt off his back. I mean, yeah. like, that so goes for yeah. both of you guys. Hey, thanks, um, Mike. But talking about the uh, the three people who went home this week, Frazier, we had to say goodbye to the Frazier, uh, Shoney, and... Page Sharni, sorry, my apologies. Their names super close. Yes. Uh yeah. Frazier, Sharni, and Paige. Uh, does anyone have anything they'd like to say about the three people who went home this week? I mean, I'll just kind of give a quick rundown. Frazier was just a pawn in the game. I am uh -huh. very sorry. He just got caught up, wrong place, wrong time. Sharni, my winner pick. I uh, love it. got the curse. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but Every time I pick a winner, they go out before the merge. So we call oh, it the Randy curse. That's what happened to Abraham. You took Abraham. I didn't, I didn't take Abraham that season. Didn't see that I, coming. Uh, but uh, she just, uh, she kind of talked her way out of the game pretty much when she just would not write down Jerry's name down and kind of got herself eliminated. And then Paige, there's a lot to say about Paige. We're going to try to keep it polite here. Uh, but Paige just also got caught up in uh, George's wrath as well. If you guys do want to check out the exit interviews, we only had one this week. It was with Frazier. That is available. Uh, thank you very much to the wonderful Tegwith and Abraham for stepping in my spot. I had to step away uh, for Valentine's Day. So they took over and did incredible for those of you who watch the video on YouTube, I'm sure you can't tell a difference at all. Very same caliber. You can tell, right? Uh, no, it, it worked out great. You can't see Teg with for like 20 minutes of the video. but it's I'm okay. unimportant. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I was about to say that. But does anyone have anything they want to add before we kind of start to wrap up here about those three who went home this week? Uh, all all newbies as well. Here's the a, here's a edit. When you, sometimes you can tell when it's coming. I was surprised at how vocal Paige became after the tribe swap. How she basically said, I run this tribe. And you don't want to be the person that runs anything and survives. Oh, she started gotta... laying out the rules, and I knew instantly she was gone. When when they showed yeah. up and they said, listen, listen, this is how we do things around here. I'm like, okay, she's gone. And, well, we... that, and like I think episode two yeah. was episode one, where she was saying, oh, when she talked about how everybody likes her and she knows how to do this, and she was standing there doing pointing, and when they're building the shelter, she gave you a little taste of, uh, of the. And then, but you know what? She didn't know how to take the heat when she when she lost the challenge. She was really quick to throw her her teammate under the Char bus. Charney's saying she threw it. Yeah, it was it, it was, was kind of like a, she wouldn't let it go too. Like all day, it's just she oh, threw that challenge. Annoying. She threw that challenge. It was annoying. And listen, I know it's part of the edit, but they put the edit there to show something, and that's what she did. And it's. You know, again, she, I think, <laughs> I think the B game, not the B game. I mean, Mike, if she kept coming to you and saying how she threw it, how would you have reacted if you were on the tribe? If she, I would have said, I would never trust her. I would worry about her every single time because if you're going to throw your partner who's you in the game with under the bus, and I got to be honest, I would use it against her. I would go to everybody and say, like, if she does that to her, she's going to do it to us. We got to be careful. We got to watch her. You can't trust her. She's shady. She's shady. She's never going to take the heat for the team. I thought Ben was going to throw 
Paige under the bus, not the way it turned out, because I was like, she would argue, and you're right. If you come back and you just don't want to let anything go, here's a piece of advice. Have a short memory on everything on Survivor because that kind of conversation and the way the edit played it out, it was all day. Yeah. And then I, I, I gotta agree with Abraham on that. The craziest thing about that I realized about Survivor playing the game is when I watched it as a fan, which I still am, I I couldn't understand the dynamic of how things change in terms of relationships, situations mm. so quickly. I'm saying it's got to be more than that. It can't be that quick. How can they be best friends today and the next day? And But it's true. Things that happened 24 hours before feel like ancient history. It changes quick. If you could survive a day, you have a chance to change the vernacular of the game every single time, which that was the biggest surprise for me out there, how quickly things change from being on the bottom to be on the top to be back on the bottom so quickly. Tegworth, anything to add about the three that we lost this week? I mean, you said earlier, every single player that's been voted out of the game has been new players. And it, yeah. the trend continued. Yeah, the trend continues. I think that the, the fatal mistake was not getting returnees vote one, vote two, you know. Um, but I, uh, you know, it was it's sad to see more new players go. I always root for the new players just because one day I will be a new player. That's called optimistic thinking. Um and, and, you know, you just want to make sure that everyone can like play the game and all that stuff. So I hate to see them go. I really hated to see, uh, Frazier and Sharni go just kind of as a consequence of somebody else's as all of Survivor is, but just kind of like a, a pawn in the, in the game. But, you know, uh, Frazier, we, we were able to talk to him. He was, a uh, took it on the chin and he was like, you know, yeah, just, that's what it is. It happens. It stinks, but it is what it is. Um, so I, I think it, it stinks, um, but you know, it is what it is. Now yes. I think we covered somehow in like about an hour, every main point this week. Um, but if, in case I miss anything, Abraham, Mike tag with, is there anything that I didn't cover that you guys want to shout out and you want to kind of talk about a little bit more, whether that is a moment or it's a player that, you know, we just didn't really like flick is someone I, love flick and i want her to win so bad she's who i'm rooting for i am not picking her because i do not want to put that curse on her um but i'm rooting for her but we haven't seen a lot of her truthfully no. i just saw that uh david has not had one confessional this season we've hardly he heard anything from nina outside of her sitting out a lot of people have started saying i know all of our american listeners want to hear about nina People are saying, did we overhype Nina? Nina, their words, not mine. Did we overhype her after time in blood versus water? So I'll put that out there. Uh, Mike, I'll start off with you and then go to Tegwith and then Abraham to finish us out here. Um, but Mike, is there anything that I miss or any player you want no. to shout out? No, actually, I would love to see a lot more of Nina, obviously, for obvious reasons. I love Sandra. She's, you know, uh, she's from America, so she's representing. Um, I just think there's so many people out there it's hard to get everybody enough airtime. And there's so many strong personalities that they step to the forefront all the time. Nina's playing it right, though. I think Nina's very quiet. She understands she's Sandra's she's playing from American. Um she's playing from she's playing from America, so she's laying low until the time, which I think is a good play by her, totally. Tagwith, go ahead. Is there anything that I miss? Anything you want to say? I know you were very you shook your head no immediately when I said that. People are saying 
Did we overhype Nina after Blood versus Water? Absolutely not. I, I love Nina. I think she's doing amazing. And I think I said this in an earlier podcast, but I think hearing too much of somebody during pre-merge is never or not all, not never, but not a great thing. And I think, you know, I think I'm I'm happy where Nina is. Uh, I'm really crossing my fingers. Uh, the one thing I want to say that I can't get enough of is the fact that Ben and Jerry are on a tribe again together. And so we can hear the sentence Ben and Jerry all the time, <laughs> which is the funniest thing. I think it's peak humor. The fact that they were both like on the, like uh, maybe going to be voted out in episode eight. I just literally couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> um, and that was my biggest takeaway. Not the big moves, but Ben and Jerry. So I love I it. I'm happy someone said that. Cause <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, this is, it's so easy to remember their names. They just flow together. Ben, ben and Jerry. Jerry. And I there's love something about that that has they should start like a company called that like, they really should they go to jail yeah um, need dessert see i get my i said it sounds nice and creamy <laughs> <laughs> that now the rest crazy. of the time i'm just gonna be like that is the if they ever work together that is the creamy <laughs> alliance that's <laughs> yeah. they may have a rocky road <laughs> that's bad right no okay. that is my a dad joke my son and daughter would kill me I'm for that. i don't know your son i haven't met him but i'm telling your daughter that that you oh, made that I'm calling her kill me for that one. we got uh, we, hey we got to get roxroy man i gotta meet roxroy oh. like, you gotta you gotta put that together uh, uh abraham uh, is there anything else that that i missed or or none of us talked about or any player you want to shout out here look after meeting sandra in person and talking to her and I understand where Nina's going with her game, but I will say this about Australia Survivor: their editing. If you're not on the top of what needs to go, what's going to happen that episode, you can go unknown. What I didn't know Mimi was even playing until like four episodes in. Yeah, she was early because she was like four episodes in before we saw her in an actual situation. So I think right now it's best not to see Nina if we want to make sure she makes it deep into the game. But I would, and the sitting out part, I'm going to go against Randy on this one because the villains have been dominating, I'm sorry, the heroes have been dominating the challenge. When the last time you came into a challenge, they said, well, you got to sit five players out. <laughs> I mean, yes, that does go into it, but I'm just saying her her mom sat six times one season. Her mom is the all-time record holder for sit outs. And Nina has five this season alone and the season's not over yet. So all I gotta say is she also won twice, so maybe the sitting out works. All, right. all I gotta say, hey Mike, right. I think hey Mike, I think Nina can take Randy. Uh, she's gonna she's gonna <laughs> message me after talking all this shit. I just have to be look. I'm like the 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 I'm the voice that hosts the show, so I have to put everything out there and be the bad Devil's guy advocate. I, exactly, way, I have by, to. By the way, Nina. I, in my opinion, would be good at challenges. I'm not. I, sure. Yeah, she would. I don't think they're respecting her enough. I'm sure she's not fighting it because, again, she's playing that lay low game. But all the big dogs fight out. You want me to sit out? I'll sit out because I personally think she'd be great at the challenges. I think I've seen her. She's very athletic. She works out. She'd be fine. I just think she's doing a smart thing and laying low to all these alpha males that are playing. And I think she's playing a very smart game. And she I, was taught I, by the master. Yeah. <laughs> you, if your mom won Survivor, she has given you some tricks of the trade. And if you don't follow the tricks of the trade, guess what she would be right now? 
On and the one of them, one of them is. <laughs> it's look, I think uh, I think Nina's made it past sixteen or day sixteen, so I think she might be already oh, in yeah, better yeah. shape than her mom is. <laughs> uh, but I had to throw that little stab there. Yeah, she's now Sandra's never going to come on the show, unfortunately. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, just some housekeeping stuff before we officially mm. wrap up. If you guys did enjoy the video today, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow us and leave us a rating. We really do appreciate it. It helps us grow a lot. Uh, subscribers continue to go up. So thank you guys. You know, we do this for you guys and we love spreading our thoughts about Survivor and deep diving into all the craziness and all the drama. If you guys want to get some Survivor Now apparel, it is coming out very soon. Uh, be on the lookout. You might be able to purchase it within the next couple of weeks. So I'm not going to say what it looks like, but I know Abe got a t-shirt. I got a sweater. Uh, they are very comfortable. It is very comfortable. So definitely recommend picking that up. If you guys want to head on over to our Instagram survivor now podcast to get all the latest news and stuff. We're going to post the player of the week tomorrow. I think we all know who it is, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm down to hear some arguments, however, but, uh, yeah, outside of that, I mean, is there anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up here? No. no we good. It, was it, was a good, it was a good week. Yeah, great week of Survivor. Can't ask for more. In incredible. March 1st, less than two weeks away, we got season. Oh, my God. Oh! Mike, Mike, I knew I forgot something. Hold on. Before we, before we thank Mike and get more into that, I knew I was forgetting something when I, when I stopped the housekeeping stuff. Our cast assessment. For season 44, where we come on and we break down every single castaway just by their picture oh, and their description and make our predictions. I mean, it's super fun. It is a super fun time. Uh, it's one of our more laid back shows that is going to be recorded next Wednesday is what we're looking at. <clears throat> um, it's always subject to change based off, you know, this isn't our full time job. Um, but we're going to try to get it done next Wednesday and it should be out for you guys either late next Wednesday night or early morning. I just, I, I can't believe we're, we're two weeks away. Mike, you said I, it, it came up so fast. You want to, you want to hear a real cool story? There was a, there was a, it was a cool story. So when I was on Survivor, somebody reached out to me and they was like, Hey, my son think you're, is a great Survivor player. You know, Mike, when you first get back, you get all this social media stuff you're trying to get used to. So I was, I, I text back. I was polite. Hey, thank you. That's great. Um, she is on season 44, Survivor. After that, she actually applied to be on the show, and she's on this season. That's awesome. Uh, Mike, I have to ask. Yeah. Um, for Survivor Australia, who do you like and who do you want – or who do you want to win and who do you think is going to win? Who's your predictions? My prediction is Shawnee's going to win. I'd like to see King George win. I don't think he can. But I think Shawnee, I, as she's been using George as a shield, she's much, much smarter than she showed. And actually, she has showed a lot because she's laying low. Um, but I, I just, you know what? That son of a bitch. I'm a fucking, I'm a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Got me. I can't believe it. I'm gonna beat him up sometime. He's got me. I, I'm a King George fan. Oh my gosh, you fell right into the trap. And I do have to hear you got very excited about season 44. Looking forward to the the yes. new US season. Yes, and I'm a guy I don't like to be spoiled. I don't want to know anything. I like going in. I like going. I don't want to know who's out there except <clears> that what I'm given. So when I see the cast and I saw their bios, 
looks like a good cast. I mean, Amiam's got me excited. I mean, yeah. CBS, the, the reports are CBS and Jeff Probst are very excited for this season to air. Apparently, the producers are saying this is going to be because, you know, there's been some some hardships with there's been some critiques about the new era so far. There's yeah. the fair share of what advantages work, what doesn't work, yada, yada. And I'm just saying, I hope they nail this because producers and stuff are really hyped up about this season. And they think this is going to hook all the doubters back in. Uh, Tech with when are we going to? <laughs> 41. Yeah, you're 41 bias, mister. Uh, <laughs> tag with, when are we going to be on Survivor? When's that going to happen? Um, I'm actually shocked the cast is out and we're not on it. I thought I was going to get a call for 44, but it's fine. Whatever. Expecting it um, too, yeah. So I think what I've heard is season 50 is actually going to be as a big <laughs> like uh, podcast season. So all of the podcasters are going to go out and that's going to be the season. So you and I, that's 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 when we that's when we're going to shine. I'm convinced that either Tegwith or I will make it on the show. It's going to happen. And write it down. We're going to be here. Yeah, book it. We're going to be here since day one. Uh, Mike, Abe, you guys have any advice for people who want to get on the show? Maybe, maybe Tegwith <laughs> and I can take some advice here. The well, only. <laughs> The, the only advice this is, I get the same advice out. Mike's lost for words yeah. over here. Yeah. Mike Mike's <laughs> take my video, you don't understand why. That video is, I thought mine was short. Um <laughs> at least at least they could see. Um when you do your videos, just be who you really naturally are. Don't try to overplay your videos and just tell people your stories. Cause they know they know when you're trying to stage it or you're trying to make it more than what it is. I just didn't care for my video. Yeah, it, it listen, it's a fine line because you need to be who you are, but you also need to stand out. So the biggest advice I can give you, think about what Survivor is. Survivor is about storytellers. People tell a story. Oh, Half the show is on confessionals and you dealing with other people. So show that you can tell a story. You need to talk. You need to explain things. And if you could tell stories in a way that people go, are like this instead of like this, you think you got something. So be yourself, stand out from the crowd, but not stage it, and be able to tell a story in a way that people pay attention. You know, it's just it's one of those weird things. Just, I think charisma is a big thing, and sometimes people have it naturally, and sometimes you have to work at it. Yeah, I'm out. I will, now. I will, I'm out. Yeah. I will, you <laughs> know what? I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't I didn't pay attention until until I just thought about it. When I, so you're gonna get when you're gonna get Ted, you're gonna get past the first one. The first one is that first video, but then you have to make a longer video and then you start getting interviewed by the actual producer. And then you're screwed. Is what yeah, yeah. So once they this, learn about me, then they're like, Oh god, no. You don't this even is want to, how, sorry, you don't even yeah. want to So this is this is how Jeff did me. Jeff looked behind me. And Jeff saw something on my wall behind me. It's basically a little thing that I keep golf balls in. I collect from different locations. And he was like, what is that on the on the wall back there? So to what Mike's saying, you got to be a storyteller. So I was like, now this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I'm talking to Jeff Prost now. The guy I've been looking at Survivor for 20 seasons. And I'm like, man, come on, Jeff, man, you married. You know your wife be buying you stuff, man. You got to put <laughs> stuff on the wall and you got to make sure it's shown. Come on now, stop that. That is what they're looking for, you to be standing apart from somebody else. And all the producers do the same thing. They want to be engaged. And so what I did was I would remember something about each producer 
Oh man, I can't remember the gentleman that he, he he went to school in Atlanta. So I'm from Atlanta. But during my interview with all the three producers, he did not say one word in the first two, a couple of minutes. And I was like, what is up with this guy? And he said he went to Morehouse. I said, hey man, I know you went over to the West End and got them Krispy Kreme donuts because Krispy Kreme is over by the West End, which is next to the college. And that's how I got to engage with everybody. So you have to be somebody with a personality to engage for no reason at all with them and make them a part of your conversation versus them being a part of their conversation, asking questions. And that's what happens once you get that past that first part. you got to be engaging. Look at Mike. Mike conversation is yeah. super engaging. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope you guys are taking are taking notes right now because yeah. this is. This can only be found on the Survivor Now podcast. Feel free to stay after, Mike. I, I'm going to end for you guys, though. You guys can check us out right here next week. And, Mike, one more time, thank you. Thank you for coming on. We were so blessed to have you on. And and we would love to have you back on the show again, man. I Honestly, I'm very humbled by my experience. I'm humbled by the response. You know, listen, I'm on the back nine, and all this happens. It's a good day, man. <laughs> oh man <laughs> on that we'll see you guys next week